is Corporate Cafecito, where we discuss career development and entrepreneurial growth strategies. I'm Mario Rodriguez. Y yo soy Nayeli Suarez-Guez. Go get your cafecito and let's talk about professional growth. Last time we talked about leadership and influence versus authority and different styles of leadership and even debunk some myths about, you know, mm -hmm. whether the position makes you a leader or if the leadership helps you get the position. Um, today, let's talk a little bit more about what makes a leader. Yeah. So the most important thing that is, is reputation, right? It's the character. So for those that are starting off, uh, make sure that, that you align yourself with like-minded individuals uh, that believe in the same vision and mission uh, that, that you have, because It, it takes a, a lifetime <clears throat> journey to create your your uh, your brand, yeah. And it just takes a second to just you know bring it down, yeah. right? It's like a domino effect. It's like there you go, right? Uh, so that character is one of the most important assets. See character as an asset. You know, that's basically your biggest asset is your reputation. You know, I had a I had someone I, I worked for, um, and he would always say like, "Say what you mean and mean what you say." He never followed through like on stuff. And so I'd be like, stop saying that. It's not who you are. Um, and it was, you know, it was very like disheartening because he would start with that. And then you'd ask him for things and you'd never get them and things like that. And so his, like my initial impression of him was very positive. And as I worked with him, it became very negative. So, you know, when you talk about like people join companies, but leave leaders. Yeah. That was that was a hard one for me to stay behind because I just felt like you said one thing and did another. And you're you know, the character, like what you bring to work and who you are, you have to bring your whole person, but make sure that your character is aligned to your values and who you are and, and what you believe. Yeah, and character has so many dimensions. I mean, we could spend a whole episode on, on, on what character is, right? There's that that relational uh, piece, the emotional piece, um, and, and the empathy, too, of, of meaning where that person's at, right? That's the important thing, too, of where's that person at, right? Is it the right season? And sometimes is it even the right fit, right? So that, that character of really guiding that individual to see what's possible for them. So that's, that's another dimension of character. Uh, but yeah, you're right. It's not just because... I'm 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 in the role. I'm the authority. If I'm I'm the end all. Right. No, it's not right. And you know, uh, when we talk about character, it's it's about like the mental and the moral qualities that are unique to that person. Mm -hmm. So you know, a lot of a lot of times we we ad adapt and adopt the character of other people, right? So if I see someone like I'm like, oh, you know, I like how this person does this. So I'm I'm gonna take that and and make that part of the qualities that I have, and I I I totally encourage that. Like if you see someone with a great character, strength, you know, like build that strength within you, or or have it have it be part of your character, you know. So I you know when I say like the guy who was like say what you mean, mean what you say, and I was just like you know what, you may not do that, but I like what you say and. I think that's really good, right? To like show up. And if you say you're going to do something, do it. Take those lessons from different people. And also when someone lacks character, you know, that could either be a coaching moment to help them develop themselves. Because a lot of times, you know, 
especially as Latinos, we we have in this more historically than today, thank God, you know, we're definitely progressing in the right way. But a lot of our character, we would leave it out of the office and we would come in and assimilate and just be the character that was more meant for that company or, or, or leave ourselves at home so that we could go do the job. And that leaves the qualities that are distinctive, distinctive to you outside. Yeah, and right. that's not fair because your characters, your everything. So right. I want people to feel authentic and to feel like they can show up and can come to work and bring their whole their whole character, their whole being, because um, that's what's going to make make the difference and make the change. Yeah, and again, one thing that, that as you say that it takes me back to to what we stated on another episode was. Uh, make sure that you're aligned with that organization, right? Your values, the mission and vision. I keep saying that because it's just the commonalities that just make for yeah. an environment that makes you thrive and makes that organization thrive. So that's very important that uh, you bring your whole self, but that they're open to it, right? Because some organizations are not. Let's be honest with yeah. you, right? Even though we're in a day and age that, that uh, uh, we preach inclusivity, that's not at 100% yet in many organizations. Uh, what, what's the next the next piece of, of uh, leadership that you think would be a good characteristic? You know, I, I believe in clarity. And I believe in sharing sharing what I believe. <laughs> so I believe in believing. Um, that sounds really funny. But I, I think that it's about telling people like, hey, this is what's going on. This is what we're doing. This is what we do. This is how we do it. Um, to be able to provide things in the the simplest of terms, right? You know, how many times, and, and this goes across like almost every job I've ever had and every industry I've ever worked with, we all say like, we're not doing heart surgery here. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but clarify what you're doing. We're going to refresh right? our Let's simplify things. While we do that, sure that, visit our website, burpcafecito.com we for more information on how to contact and Mario or me. Vision casting, right? Especially when you're, you're taking on a project, you know, why, why are you aligned with that project? Uh, and then why would others be compelled to be part of that project? So that, that's, that's the other part of, of, of clarity is, yes, knowing what, what we're embarking on and the why is just uh, the vision. Like, this is bigger than us, right? This is just a portion. And, and I think that's the biggest uh, uh, missed opportunity by, by many that we hold to something near and dear and we just like hold it. No, it's really meant to be given away. Yeah. Because that's that much bigger than us. You know, you talk about the connection to to the vision. And when I did the three-day, 60-mile uh, breast cancer walk, there was uh, the, the first day they have this speaker come, and she is phenomenal. And she just brings it all to life. And, and I've mentioned this before, but the last thing she says before they open the gates and we can start our walk is she said, we lay down our footsteps for this generation and the next for a world without breast cancer. Mm. And so you're at that point, you're connecting everything. And I just get goosebumps even just saying it out loud because it's like, that's what we're doing. We, we're laying down our footsteps to raise money to end breast cancer. And that just is the most clearest vision yeah. you can have, right? And then what do we do? We all start laying down those footsteps. It gives you purpose, yeah, right? To keep going that extra mile. Because uh, how long is that, is that walk? 
60 miles. 60 miles. It's no walk in the park. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I did it seven months pregnant. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's the power of, of vision and you aligning with that and, and, and knowing that this is, this is an impact beyond, you'll probably even see in your lifetime. Right. You know, that's how big things are and, and the potential people have. And hopefully that, that resonates with, with those listening. It's like, it's, it's much more than what we see right now. Has your cafecito run out? Go grab another cup. We'll wait for you right here. Please check us out at corpcafecitos.com and drop us a message. Um, the other the other piece that, that I would highlight is just the competence, right? So uh, the competence, what I mean by that is is that trust factor, right? It aligns with, with the character. Uh, and how do you how do you earn trust is to what you said earlier, saying what you're going to do with that follow through, right? And advocating for those individuals and standing up for what's right and what could be better. Right. That, that, those are just, you know, just some examples of what trust can be. What are some other examples, Naili? You know, when I think about competence, I mm-hmm. think about being able to do the job. So, you know, I'll, I'll use a military example, but what do they say, right? People rise through the ranks. You know, we had, uh, we had Julie join us and she talked about how she rose through the ranks. Competence is like, I can do the job. I can do the job and then you move up and now you could do this job and then you move up. And it's a skill building. And so when you think about a competent leader, it's someone that you know can do the work, mm-hmm. knows how to do it, shows up, can help coach you. Like think about the times, um, you know, sometimes the, the most frustrating position to be in is when you get a new manager who's never worked in your industry and everything. And you're like, now I have to, now I have to manage my manager to get them up to speed and teach them things to get them up, you know? And so that can be very frustrating for someone who has been at a company to now have to be the one to train their manager. Yeah, that's tough. And so what I tell people is like, if you're interviewing for a job or if you're going for a job, make sure you could do like 50% of the job. You don't need to do 100% of the job. Mm -hmm. Women feel like they have to do 100% of the job. Men think they have to do between 30 to 60% of the job. Um, But if you have 50% of the qualifications, like go for it. Um, And that is enough competency. I think about like when people, you know, when I've hired people and people, some people have biology degrees, some have finance degrees. And I'm like, to me, a degree shows me that you can successfully complete a four-year program, like work through the system, learn things, grow, become this person who you are in front of me today. So even though, you know, you may not have a marketing degree or, you know, have gone through a sales program, I believe your discipline shows competency. Yes, and it goes back to to the character, right? That's that's data that that's on there, and so um, definitely those are transferable skills that you see, and that's that's another component that uh, a good leader is able to see beyond uh, what that degree has to align to the role, right? If it's a business position, does it have to require a business degree? No, because there's a lot of interchangeable skills that that are there. Um, so it's again going back to the competence that you're able to see beyond. Yeah. What your, you know, the data shows you. It's like, oh, wait, there's there's some skills here that could be blind to the eye. But if you're able to see the correlation of, of you know, what it took to get there, that's that's also a, a great sign of a leader. And, you know, a leader can find more leaders. 
I think that's part of it. You know, a, a lot of times when I've interviewed people, you know, I'm hearing them answer like my questions, but I'm seeing their body language. I'm seeing how they're, how they wrote their resume. I'm seeing how they smile, their eye contact, all these things. And I'm just like, you know what? I can, I'm hearing what you're saying, but I'm also understanding just how comfortable you are in this situation, which, you know, all interviews are a little awkward and uncomfortable, but to see someone manage through that is, is really, it's very telling too of like future potential. Yeah. That's, that's the key thing uh, of what could be right next for that person. The other, the other thing, too, that comes to mind is that our teams um, shouldn't be seen as the, the, the main instrument or the vehicle uh, to accomplish our mission, right? Uh, they are our mission. They are our first customer. That's, that's who we should make sure that we keep happy. We understand what, what makes them tick, what, what they like to see uh, to continue to propel that vision and that mission for that organization. That's, I think it's often missed because... We see them as numbers, and I don't say I, mean, I say we because I've done that in the past. I mean, obviously we've all grown in our leadership skills, but at one time, you know, it wasn't until someone told me he's like, "Hey, you know what? You're as good as only as your team," and that shifted things for me. Yeah, you know, even though uh, in organizations that I've been, it's like, "Hey, you know what? You got to tell your team this. You got there's there's a way to tell them and, and a way to enroll those individuals to make things possible and make." Um, the, the ship move in the right direction, so to say. Yeah. And you know what? Like you have to, you have to be in tune with your team and you have to show that you care and that you're there. Um, you know, I'll tell you some of the things that I, I'm seeing a lot now is a focus on inclusivity on DEI efforts. Mm-hmm. Um, I have always, I've always felt either a little bit included or a little bit excluded, um, depending on which company I was at. But the people who made me feel included, God, I like I think I owe my career to them because I when you when you feel included, when you feel seen, is when you thrive. It's when you feel like you could come to work and, and say what's on your mind and speak up at the meetings and not shy away from those hard conversations because, oh, well, what if, you know, this is a male-dominated industry and I don't want to make a fuss or whatever? Like, no, like the people who see you and who advocate for you will make you feel empowered. Um, and to be a caring leader means you want to make sure people feel comfortable and included and that you're focusing on their professional development, that you have so much vested in this in your team, like you want them to leave. The worst thing, I absolutely hate managers who want to protect their team and keep them with them forever. The hoarders. Yeah, it's like, no, <laughs> you can't, you have to, you have to make more leaders. You have to let them release, thrive. Yeah, release them grow. But yeah. also you have to know, what I need. So, you know, I've, I had a boss and he's like, you know, your blind spot, right? And I'm like, I do, but what do you think my blind spot is? And he's like, the details. He's like, you're a big picture thinker, but you suck at the details. And I was like, I agree that I suck at the details. And I'm like, so what do I do? And he's like, you have to learn to write briefs. And I'm like, okay, well, I've never written a brief. He's like, well, don't worry. I've already contacted someone and she's going to mentor you through your next three briefs so that you learn how to organize your thoughts and pitch these products and projects. And I was like, wow, that's great. Like he saw my blind spot. He addressed it directly with me and he had already found someone and she was going to help me build that strength. 
And to me, that was like amazing. It changed my trajectory. One of the characteristics of, is just a personal touch, right? It's that, that, that vested interest in you and being able, that's a sign of a great leader, by the way, of really taking that potential uh, to, to new heights, right? Um, and the other thing that, that was present there and what you're sharing was just that open communication. We always talk about open communication, <laughs> and but that's an authentic open communication, right? Because it's like he stated you had a blind spot and then you threw it back. It's like, so what is my blind spot, right? Mm-hmm. Just to confirm. And you guys were both on the same right page. So he, And the other thing, too, that you got you to understand for those that, that are being managed and are aspiring to, to, to leadership roles, when a manager asks you questions because they already know the answer. Right. They're just asking you to see if you've reflected as well. So it, that was just fun to see and, and you sharing that uh, that that interaction. But it's that personal vested interest in that individual. It's like, hey, here's the tool and sky's the limit then. Yeah, and that's yeah. that's that's the thing as leaders. It's temporary. That's another thing that, that you got to understand, whether you own a business or you're leading a team of people. It's only for a season because we're all aspiring to different things. Right. But in that time, let's make it count to make sure that we're empowering and setting up that 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 individual to to new heights. You know, one of the uh, one of the things I've done now at two companies that I was at is this was after I had both my boys and was not having any more children. I redid the maternity policy. And um, one of the companies I was with, like the women were either under 30 or over 45 and I was like, do you think that we we lose women because we don't have a maternity leave policy? And, and they were like, well, we, didn't, we never really looked at it. And I'm like, well, I think it's time we look at it. And I think it's time we create one. Because if we don't create it, we're going to lose amazing talent. Because why would I stay here if there's no maternity leave? Yeah. And if I want to be a mom or if I get pregnant, like if I get pregnant, the first thing I'm going to do is leave. Um, and now I'll be in an awkward situation interviewing while I'm pregnant, but I did interview while I was pregnant. I actually took a big leap, um, and left PepsiCo. Like I was 35 weeks pregnant when I went on an interview. (laughs) Um, so another thing is I value that Miller Coors hired me when I was 35 weeks, but that they interviewed me when I was 35 weeks pregnant. But I, I wanted to make sure that we were making changes and that was, I was not referring to Miller Coors during that one, but I want to make sure that when we do something or when we've lived through something that we make it better for the next generation. So what would I have changed about my maternity leave? How do we change it? How do we make parental leave? How do we add, you know, some weeks for bonding time or, or, you know, so that the men get it too, without just having to take FMLA and not get paid. So a good leader also cares, you know, what do they say? Like you plant a tree, not for your own shade, but for the shade of the the next generation. And so to me, that's what leadership is too. It's being able to know that we're not, you know, it's not about this place and time. It's when you do something for the greater good. Yeah. So in that, I mean, you talked about policies, right? Just the policies that you were able to shift and then you refined it. Right, you find the policies. How can we make this better for the new generation? Because things do shift, right? And so often we just go, well, "That's what the what's sold." Does it have to be that way? Yeah. Right. There was this uh, funny, like, 
meme on like Facebook or something. And it said, if you want someone to suffer because when you were a child, you suffered and you turned out okay, you did not turn out okay. <laughs> <laughs> so today we've covered uh, the the components of, of leadership, right? The most important was just character, right? Your reputational risk. Uh, we talked about clarity, that vision casting, just being clear with what you're, you're, you're out to cause. Uh, the competence, right? Having the skill set, and in that, people will trust you as well. That you're able to be, you're able to lead them, and then the 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 care approach, right? How are you taking care of your people? And and to close us out, you just said something great. It's how you're able to impact the policy for the next generation, even though you're not there. The next incoming generation is 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 better equipped, right? To really enjoy a monumental part of their life when they welcome a child in their life. Absolutely. And I, I think that, you know, those four different ones are so, so key for leadership. And it's so important to embrace it and build on it. And also know that like, the leader you are today is going to be really proud of the leader you become in 10 years. And each time, you know, you build character, you build competency, you can care bigger or more. Um, you know, I think about just the care factor from when we were, you know, when I started in corporate versus to when I left. And, you know, I think about, you know, back then we were just at like presentation training, communication training, and now there's like sensitivity training and, you know, um, like equity versus equality and all these things so that we can make things better. And so the, the transition and the progress that we've seen in 20 years has been so inspiring. And I hope that Everyone who is listening to us knows that you are already a leader. So develop that leader and build that leader and understand like who you want to be. And then, you know, get there, find ways to, to be coached or to take trainings so that you can be the leader that you, you aspire to be. So thank you for joining us today. We will see you next time on Corporate Cafecito. Yo soy Nayeli Suarez Gas. Y yo soy Mario Rodriguez. Hasta la próxima. Corporate Cafecito was produced in beautiful downtown Oak Park at Boulevard Studio. Audio engineer and editor is Mike Mitchell. We're available on every podcast platform.